Hello. There he is again. <laughs> My boy. I'll be sure. Woo. That's right. Welcome to episode two of Save It For The Show with your host, me, Dan. Hit me on Twitter at DanTheBeast. And this is my second show. I'm very excited to be doing this again and uh, giving this another shot. I did a podcast before this and it was crazy long, like an hour, and I learned a lot. I told myself I wasn't going to listen to it, but of course I did. I mean, what am I, a fool? Who who makes their first painting and throws it in the trash and doesn't look at it? Um, I really didn't listen to the whole thing, though, because I was cringing through parts of it, but... I certainly learned to two important things. One, don't do these super shit faced. I think it's well and good to have a few pops in me, but certainly not, you know, <clears throat> at midnight uh after a long day and feeling feeling ripe. So that was kind of the number one thing I learned. The number two thing I learned is I definitely need some structure to this motherfucker. And I'm going to write a few notes, cover a few topics, and try to be out of your hair in 30 minutes. I think finally the last thing that I've learned is I definitely need some co-hosts. I am not going to have a permanent co-host, but I sort of have... A menagerie of friends who I think are interesting and I can bring them on and ask them questions and push their buttons and say naughty words and I don't know just dick around and I've always had super different friends I think that's one thing that I've always enjoyed is I had a thought once where if I'm best friends with one guy, and best friends with another guy, via the transitive property of friends, those two guys should be best friends, but that's not the case at all, and <laughs> I have a couple friends who, not that they're dirtballs or rapists or anything, but they just operate on a different plane and have interests that other friends would shake their head at. Again, not raping or weirdness, just you know, my advertising friends don't want to talk to my camping friends and my UFC friends and whatever. So I think I'll bring on a bunch of different friends who should be interesting and hopefully enjoyable for you to listen to as well. Um, I also realized I said anyways about 800 times, so I'm definitely going to work on that. I will certainly be trying not to say um and I think what I'm doing is instead of saying um I'm just replacing it with pauses which I don't think is the worst thing in the world you'd probably rather me just not talk than badger on saying um non-stop so I think that'll help a lot and I'm excited so without further ado 
oh, I also figured I need to be a little more, I mean, for a living, I do advertising and all that shit, for Christ's sake, so I need to do a better job of advertising myself. So with that, like I said, you can find me on Twitter, at DanTheBeast, and you know what, that's a great question. Why do I have that weird name? Ironically, now I think nobody in their right fucking mind knows who Dan the Beast really is. Unless you're some hardcore UFC guy. And even if you like UFC now, you might not even know who he is. He was one of the first. And his name was Dan Severin. And he was a big, huge guy with a push broom Tom Selleck mustache. And his name nickname was The Beast, Dan the Beast. And when I was in college, the guy of my two two great roommates, Willie and Eric, man, they'd be great for this. I gotta figure out a way to get those guys on here. But anyway, ah, oh, fuck. No, anyway, I'm gonna should have like a oh, and a squeaky ash chair. I gotta fix that too. Um, I need to have like a, a swear jar for any time I say anyways. I need some better segues. So, Will and Eric loved UFC and they kind of turned me on to it and you know Dan the Beast that was one of their favorites and my name was Dan I'm not really a beast I think maybe that's the irony of it I'm I'm a very even-keeled mellow fellow and I maybe it's an ironic thing I don't know in fact I'm I'm very easygoing in high school though I was voted most skeptical senior which <laughs> is kind of rude. No, was it skeptical or pessimistic? I don't know. But the reason why it happened was the president of the school, her name was April. We never really got along. And for the homecoming, you know how there's like homecoming assembly? I was vice president of clubs and organizations or some completely lame and useless thing like every lame and lazy fucking high school kid ever. And we had an assembly, which we, you know, the kids who are in student council plan the assemblies. And I and my friend Alex, I don't know whose idea it was, had this great idea where we'd have a game where all the girls that were going to be on prom or homecoming court or one of those, they would, whoever could take the biggest bite out of a caramel apple would win which in itself makes no sense. Why that's an interesting competition. A bite of out of an apple, I, I don't know. Truth be told, they weren't apples, they were onions. And we gave them to them in front of the entire school. I mean, this is like some Carrie pig's blood style shit. Like, how how fucked up and rude. These, these beautiful young ladies who, their one moment of like, being put on a pedestal, we gave them this, and I don't even remember feeling bad about it. Like, what's wrong with high school kids? I feel bad about it right now. Like, 15 years later, sitting in my office, recounting this story, and the looks on their faces were just horrified, and their eyes just said, Why? <laughs> Why would you do this? And everybody laughed at them, and oh god, this is getting dark. And, fuck, I forgot where I was going with this. I promised myself my wonderful pizza analogy. I don't know where that came from in the last podcast, but I promised myself 
I'd stay on task, and I've completely blown that. Um, it had something to do with Dan the Beast, Will and Eric. Fuck me. Well, whatever. So that's where my name came from. And assemblies. Oh, yes! The irony of my name. I'm not a beast. I, I don't really ever get angry. I have certainly not. I don't yell. Maybe I yell at my kids, but everybody yells at their kids. And I... So yeah, so she repaid me by giving me a certificate that said most pessimistic senior, which of course I thought was hilarious. And man, I wish I still had that. I would laminate it and hang it on my wall as, as a reminder to not be pessimistic and not be a fucking shithead and always see the negative in things which is something I really want to be cognizant of in this podcast. I'm surrounded by people who are so negative. The advertising industry as a whole is just, it's built on sarcasm. It's an industry built on irony and built on people who drink too much and have egos the size of their house. And you just see that manifest itself in how much jealousy and rage people have at each other so I definitely don't want this to turn into something where I just complain and bash things so I want to try to keep this upbeat now listen that's not to say I won't get on here and rant and rave because I'm sure I will but maybe that'll be the beast side of me so the point of all this is you can tweet at me all of my the thousand people listening to this right now all my good friends who are helping me get better at doing this Tweet at me, at Dan the Beast, and, I don't know, ask me a question, and maybe I will address that on another podcast in the future. I'm not there yet, but I will think of a hashtag. I thought, save it for the show, S-I-F-T-S, which spells out sifts, which is weird, pound sifts, if you want to tweet something. And I'm going to get a website with a ticker that'll show all these amazing tweets that people, I don't know, and then maybe other like gold miners who are tagging their tweets about gold with sift. Great, hilarious joke, right? <laughs> little gold, little gold mining humor for you. So that's it. So I think what I'll do now is, hey, look at this. I, I have a list here with some thoughts that I had, some some jokes and speaking of Twitter, you know, I've I've been on Twitter for a long time. I'm not sure what number of person I was, but I was definitely one of the first million, first few million. And I don't know, I have like 7,000 tweets, which it's bizarre when I see... I guess at this point now, Twitter's reached a critical mass where if you're one of those weirdos that has like 50,000 or 100,000 tweets, you're still weird as fuck. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, maybe you're using Twitter as texting or something and if you are then you should be texting because why are you, are you doing all that publicly but anyways I don't understand these people that have all these tweets and I, I think the people that do though you know you don't have to look too far from the trending topics to kind of really see like let me I'm going to open TweetDeck right now and just see what's trending right now Matt Cain just threw a no hitter so I imagine and hope that uh, he is at least Kane is able or 
cane balls, something for him is tweet as trending. Let's see. Nope. So this is, oh, there we go, Matt Cain. Great. Good for you. So I think like in advertising, people like to think that everyone on Twitter is an intelligent 25-year-old guy or a, a, a busy, loving 40-year-old housewife. But the number one things on Twitter are always the most like janky, crazy, I don't want to say ghetto, because that means like a minority thing. But, you know, like right now, it's hashtag, why do you always, or let it defugo, which if I click on let it defugo, is a bunch of just janky looking people, you're fighting over a guy, hashtag let it defugo. My point is, I think people who make websites and things based around tweeting are missing a major demographic here of people, you know. When you pay for a, a, a promoted tweet, like right now, what's Dallas? Dallas TNT is, how much do they pay to be the trending thing right now, as if anyone's ever going to click on that or think about it? It's insanity. There are so many people on Twitter that are using it for, like, booty calls and just looking like, they're fucking crazy. Team Breezy. I mean, come on. Roll Bounce. It's bizarre. Oh, and that's that's the funniest thing, too, about Team Breezy. Like, in fucking YOLO. I mean, you only live once. Okay. Like, that's the rap version of Carpe Diem, I guess. And what's this? There's a new Drake and Lil Wayne song, which I will fully admit, up until about six months ago... I thought Drake and Lil Wayne's voice were kind of the same guy, just auto-tuned differently. With some, like, smooth Canadian robot thing. It just... I'm really trying not to be an old man here, because especially if my wife listens to this, she's going to cringe her face off. But that, that, that I just can't stand that music. I love R&B. I mean, I opened my fucking podcast with an I'll Be Sure song that just speaks to my soul for whatever reason. But I just can't get behind Drake at all in any guard. I can get behind Justin Bieber even. Like I, I get that. I just don't get Drake. But anyways, what I do think about Drake, which is brilliant, is the dude can write an anthem, which directly translates to tweeting hashtags. He knows his audience. This hell yeah fucker yeah right. <laughs> Let's see H Y F R. I mean, I'm gonna search that right now in Twitter, and. There's going to be H Y F R. Well, what do you know? There's a thousand million fucking tweets right now um, talking about hell yeah, fuck right. Or whatever that means. Or I don't even want to type in YOLO. It might crash my computer. Yeah, there's a lot. But, anyways, I think, you know. People who do these campaigns and stuff are totally missing out on this anthem-style demographic. But, um, yeah, so that's all all I have to say about that. Oh, the other thing, what? Bacon. Someone's tweeting about bacon still. 
there's seriously somebody tweeting about bacon in my feed no less i'm ashamed to be following this guy now all of a sudden do you follow do, do you, does anyone else follow people that you hate like you i physically there's a few people i follow that i despise and it's kind of like i remember on howard stern all the time people would call in to hate to tell him how much they hated him and he'd be like listen you're my number one fan you listen to my show every fucking day I'm now that crazy person who's following a few people that I hate because I just want to see what they tweet. Oh God, I hope no one does that to me. If you follow me on Twitter because you hate me or you think my tweets are weird and you just have to see them and just grumble at them, please stop following me. And you know what? I should unfollow these people now. It's Speaking of being pessimistic and making a girl eat an onion, that's negativity in my life. But it is kind of fun, though. And I mean, if I'm giving you some fun by hating me, then you're welcome, I I guess. But that's a part of my personality. I I can't stand if someone doesn't like me. I feel like I'm I'm a fixer. I've realized that about my personality is I have to fix things, which is why I was really good at being an interactive producer for websites because I want to make things work. I want to make this work. It's got to be perfect. We've got to figure it out. What's going on? How can we make this better? And I tend to do that with my friends and uh, certainly my wife, which I'm sure she just she just loves that person part of my personality. And I think part of her probably does. I think as long as it doesn't come across as nitpicky. But I've always been drawn to people like that. My best friend in high school, my work best friend, Josh, who I'll, I'll certainly have on, they're all people who I want to talk to and help and give advice to and blah 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 maybe I can do that on this show a little bit is have not people call in that would be insanity now nah, what am I fucking talking about who, who am I going to give advice to hey tweet your advice questions to damn the beast hashtag sifts and I'll try to answer them uh, maybe in another life but for now this guy tweeting about bacon like what, how did bacon get so fucking hip? It's it's just bacon. It's food from a pig that tastes good. But, I mean, I wish I could... Is there like a chart that shows on the internet the usages of the word bacon? And when that chart just blew up? I mean, at this point, now I feel like it's got to... Well, here's the thing. I, I love bacon. And my kids... They don't even know what the word irony means. They they finally learned. It was fun teaching my five-year-old sarcasm. I probably shouldn't have taught him that. He's around me, and I'm sarcastic all the time. And I think after the hundredth time of me being sarcastic and him taking it literally, I had to sit him down and break down sarcasm to him, which was fun. And now, it just his personality, when he is sarcastic, he tells me, which, bless his heart, you know, sort of defeats the sarcasm purpose. But anyways, I feel like bacon, I'm being a hypocrite because I love it, and they love it, and we go to the supermarket, and they want me to get it. I mean, they ask for bacon like they ask for cookies or crackers. It's salty and fat and meat, and they just love it. So, you know what? I take it all back. I get it. Maybe we've always liked bacon. It's just the internet and t-shirts and threadless and your deviant art page and all these fucking avenues where every 
Tom, Dick, and Harry, and Epic Mealtime certainly didn't help that either. But it's just it's just very easy now to tell the world how much you like bacon, whereas before you just had to eat it alone and just enjoy it. Imagine that, just enjoying something and not telling everyone about it. And, I, I mean, it's very hypocritical of me to say, I mean, I'm, I'm doing a podcast now that I want you to listen to and enjoy and share my brain, but I'm making fun of people that share their love for bacon. I think this is going to be a, a theme that comes up a lot on my shows, my struggle with doing these and feeling like a hypocrite, but continuing to do them because it does feel good. Right now, I'm, I'm really enjoying doing this. So anyways, yeah, bacon, just, just keep, keep on rocking it. Keep doing your bacon thing. Um, the last thing I think I'm going to talk about is I, this is a pretty shoddy segue. I mean, I'm not doing, I'm not doing stand-up comedy here. I don't, hey, you know, you know, you know what I, what's really funny. Uh, yesterday I was talking to my son and we were going camping and the drive's an hour. And he said, that's less time than it takes for me to go to kindergarten. And I laughed in my head because I thought, he uses kindergarten as his increment of time. Is it longer than kindergarten? Is it shorter than kindergarten? And it made me laugh because when I was his age, I used to use television shows as increments of time. So I'd say, oh, my mom would say, oh, we're going shopping at Mervyn's. Fucking kill me. We're going shopping at Mervyn's and it's going to be two hours. And in my mind I would think, okay, so that's like four episodes of Inspector Gadget because each episode's a half an hour. And I literally would do this for everything, for school. Like, school's four hours, and that's eight episodes of Heathcliff or the fucking Thundercats or something. And I thought, okay, you know what? I, watching one hour of television isn't that hard. I, I can do this. I can make it through school. And I would literally, I would almost in my head play out the episodes. I mean, I'd still listen, but especially going to Mervyn's. God, I can't think of anything worse my mom taking me shopping for jeans is probably as traumatic as like a young girl getting molested by a a second cousin or uncle I'm not trying to discount molestation but I'm saying I'm permanently challenged at shopping for clothes especially and every time I go shopping I imagine my mom, especially if I'm jean shopping, like, turn around. How's it feel in the keister? Pull up your shirt. And then, you know, I wasn't fat or anything, but I definitely wasn't lean either. You're a kid, a boy. I I think maybe my mom just dressed me for way fucking too long. Maybe that's the real issue here is, you know, no 25-year-old guy should be at Mervyn's with his mom. I'm just kidding. I wasn't 25. I was probably 22. Just kidding again. Just slipping in the jokes as much as I can rapid fire jokes but god I don't know I remember maybe I was in fifth grade I'll never forget in fifth grade was it fifth grade so fifth grade plus eight so I was 13 I don't know I'm I'm fucking confused so I was in fifth grade when the overalls with like one you know I'm talking like your bows cross color like I had a pair of black bows with a green stripe on them that I thought were the sickest things ever um 
and I had these overalls. They were probably like Bugle Boy overalls or something. And I remember my mom, I tried them on, and my mom's like, these are so cool. You're going to be so cool. And I went to school, and everybody laughed at me. Well, I thought they were. They must have been. I, I'm sure I looked like a fool. I had like a bum equipment sweatshirt on with like overalls with like one overall. That's like a character. Like I was like a backup dancer on In Living Color or something. And yeah, from that point on, I like, I certainly had my mom stop dressing me and I don't know what else I wore to school. Like a No Fear shirt or Big John, <laughs> Big Johnson. Remember? Do you remember Big Johnson shirts? Those, I'm sure they still sell Big Johnson shirts at like Hot Topic or something, but how stupid did, did a junior high kid look wearing a Big Johnson shirt? Like, he knew what to do with his dick. And, like, he even had a Big Johnson. I mean, really, how... what? The biggest 13-year-old dick in the world is probably the smallest adult dick, right? I mean, how big could a 12-year-old's dick really be? Like, three inches? Hard? Or four inches? I don't know, but talking about 13-year-old boy dicks on my podcast is probably not the best way to garner fans and uh, end up in the slammer. So, back to what I was initially saying is, yeah, don't go shopping for clothes with your wife or your mom. Well, not your wife. I love when my wife dresses me. Please, I don't know shit about that stuff. It takes something off my plate. Now, my my wife dresses my boys, and she makes them look great and cool. Like, they're like little fucking men hipsters. And everybody who has a cool wife should be dressing their kids. But if you don't, I don't know. What else are they supposed to do? Go to H&M themselves when they're five? all their fucking money all right well that does it so listen this was great i'm under 30 minutes it's one episode of inspector gadget you can handle that you can listen to this this is no big deal i told a little fun story i segued into some shit and now i'm gonna end it and i wasn't getting texted by my wife i think i only blew one tangent and i lost my train of thought once that's not too bad certainly commendable and now I'm signing off. Oh, I gotta—I th- still haven't thought of my outro music. I gotta think of that. Something cool. Hey, why don't let's make it a contest? No, I'll, I'll figure something out by my next one. But that's it. So thanks for listening. Save it for the show. Dan the Beast. Take care. Bye bye.